This is Mystic Takeaway, dishing up extraordinary real-life stories to inspire wonder and nourish the soul. I'm Elisa Graf. My guest today is Dutch artist Niels Bos. Niels recounts an impactful conversation with an enigmatic stranger who offered a positive vision for humanity's future. The man was saying, we're in a golden spiral. There's a lot of upheaval and it makes sense because we're only halfway through that golden spiral. Good to have you with us. So Niels, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Niels, Niels Bos. I was born in the Netherlands 34 years ago. Wow, it's been a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was born in the in the middle of the of the Netherlands, the middle of the country, and my father uh, was born himself in in a family that uh, that you know goes back traces back in 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 the Netherlands and this area for uh, you know for for centuries, many generations. Yeah, my mother was actually born in uh, in what is now Indonesia, but at that time it was uh, still a part of the Netherlands. It was a colony. Okay, and. And her family was of uh, of mixed descent on her mother's side. That the family uh, had been living in Indonesia for many centuries, and it was basically a mix between Dutch travelers to the to the East Indies and the native population. So I mentioned that fact because um, yeah, it's always played a part in my upbringing. Even though I still look quite European, there was always a very strong otherness in my upbringing because the uh, the Asian influence in my mother's side of the family was very strong and my grandparents who who lived uh, quite near to our house were a very big uh, big part of my upbringing and even though they didn't notice it uh, their their energy was so different from you know the very Dutch village that I grew up in uh, wow. very clearly tell the difference uh, for instance my my grandma, Without blinking or or thinking that she related something out of the ordinary to me, used to tell that in their house in Indonesia they used to have these kind of uh, daggers in the house, which were in Indonesia, if I recall correctly, uh, meant as a sort of protection, but not in terms of you know using the dagger to scare away intruders. But I believe it was something to do with your ancestors, like inhabiting uh, the the daggers. And she used to say that, you know, when she would walk home uh, late at night, she would feel spirits wow. uh, surrounding her. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I was young when I heard that. So for me, it was also normal uh, that she would tell me about it. Uh, but only then when I went to school and I think instinctively just never mentioned that because I could tell that that environment was so different because Dutch society is very clear cut yes you know, yes it's, it's yes, just a yes. Right. it's just a service and you know what's behind it yeah who knows i mean get on with your job it's not <laughs> it's not for us to to decide so that was a that was a very interesting upbringing so no kidding even though it wasn't always visible on the outside that i had almost this influence in my backpack uh it was always it was it was always there and uh even though i didn't have a religious upbringing I used that sense of otherness to never say, oh, that's, that's nonsense. I would never believe that. Or right, that right. religion is so crazy. Uh, how could you believe that? I, I always had an openness, which manifested later into um, yeah, me just devouring, I would say, mostly spiritual literature. 
And soon enough, I, I found myself in the Indian philosophy corner of the library. Yes. And, and that's where basically my journey began into, I guess you could call it spirituality. That's, that's the way you could summarize it. Yeah. My, my journey into spirituality. So you've already mentioned Krishnamurti, so he's one of your mm-hmm. favorites. You have any others yeah. like to share? Any others that you are very interested in? Yeah, there's a whole a bunch of them. I remember being in that that corner of the of the library corner where I returned uh, again and again, and um, I just picked up so so much from from the books that I that I found there. I remember the book that I found which dealt with you know all the major questions in life what where do we come from where do we go after we die is that it or is there something else and that was actually by i think it were two dutch writers they conveyed so much information about uh, reincarnation about the soul for instance how a soul enters a body and i remember being already very impressed with that information and then somewhere in the middle of the book they uh, they said hey you can trust this information because we checked this information with Benjamin Cram and he said it was uh, legitimate. <laughs> so I no thought, kidding. wow, you know, I was already <laughs> impressed with, with what they were coming up with. So I thought, who's then this authority with this name I've never heard? Who is able to, to say, uh, you know, this is accurate or this is not accurate? So I thought, okay, let's, uh, let's give that a, that a try. And I was in the library anyway. So I, I looked, uh, I went towards the sea. And uh, went looking for a book by this Benjamin Cram person. And then I found, I, I must have found the Maitreya's mission books first. And then I thought, who's Maitreya? I've never heard of this name. Sounds interesting. Maybe it's another guru because I found plenty of gurus in the Indian philosophy section. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then uh, somewhere in the, in the book that I opened, Maitreya's mission uh, must have been Matreya's mission one or two because there are three versions. I stumbled upon uh, a message of Maitreya and I was just so struck by what seemed to me like, you know, the most beautiful poetry that I had ever read. And it isn't even poetry, but just the, 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 the language is so colorful, so bright, so positive, so hopeful. I just had never read anything that beautiful. That was really a turning, a turning moment. Oh um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so I, I just started reading those uh, books and and found a lot of interesting information. But it, it was really the beauty of that first moment upon reading those words and being just struck by beauty, uh, the way you can be struck by by beauty just instantly. It almost feels like it it opens something in your in your mind. You received it on a different level, right? I, I guess mean, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To this day, I, I, I still remember that, that feeling of uh, not having any filter between you, the person, that experience. Yeah. It was just, it was just a, a whole, almost a holy moment because it was whole. It was, it was uh, complete in that sense. But it struck you in the heart. Yeah, you could definitely, definitely say that. Yeah. Especially these messages that are compiled in a book. Uh, cold Maitreya's messages are still very important to what I do in art nowadays. Ah, right. So you're you're an artist, is that correct? Uh, yes, I guess you could call it that. I mean, I also uh, have a have a day job. <laughs> What's um, your day job? I'm a freelancer. 
in uh, in the communication sector. I uh, tend to work mostly for for the Dutch government. I I just uh, finished a three year stint at a international bank, which is based in the Netherlands as well. So it's very much something that I I do with uh, with the mind, and art is something that I do with uh, with my heart, and that just flows out of me. Uh, something which I feel. That was all, always inside of me waiting to to come out. I never knew I could do art, actually. But seeing that first message of Maitreya, after that, yeah, I knew that beauty would be, in one way, shape, or form, would be you know the guiding principle in my life. Wow, that's wonderful. When did you start doing your art? At what point in your life? Uh, I think it was uh, so around 29, 30. One of the reasons why I perhaps hesitated a little bit to call myself an artist is because I just see it as a hobby that I tend to take quite seriously. And uh, the, the bulk of my work is basically collecting the most beautiful words that I can find. And I'm waiting until inspiration hits me and then uh, making the, the picture or the painting that, that most closely captures the energy within those words. Okay. So, for instance, I've I've made a, a few paintings and pictures now that correspond to Maitreya's messages, or at least part of them. Oh, that's really beautiful. Can you give me an example off the top of your head that you can remember some phrases that you've then turned into uh, visual art, right? Is that what you mean? Right. You, yeah, okay. exactly. That's what I mean. One composition that I'm working on now very much came from the words, nothing but good will grow from where I tread. It's a little bit of a paraphrase, but you might recognize that sentence. I even have it stored somewhere on my on my iPad. Actually, I don't remember when I read that for the first time, but the vision that that puts in my mind of someone planting his feet somewhere and nothing but good can grow there uh, is just so poetic and so beautiful yeah. that even though I can't quote it verbatim, it's become a part of me, and I know at one point it will come out some way, somehow. Yes. Uh, and mostly it's through the arts. So that's an example. How did you visualize that, or how did you express it on as a visual image? Uh, well, here we uh, perhaps entered or we uh, encountered the difficulties of just having a podcast because I would be able to show it to you, or I could send you, you a always give me a picture. I can put it up with the podcast. Ah, okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah I will definitely, uh, I will definitely send it to you because I, I just finished the uh, the composition, nice, all of the, the right figures and all of the right uh, colors and everything. So yeah, I just finished that. That's the latest. And but there are many across his messages. You know, there are so many very beautiful, vivid pictures of what the world could look like. Yeah, and it's not even. I don't even take it literally. But that's the beauty of, of art and poetry and any form of art. It's, it's, in my view, where the impossible meets the possible. Yes. So I don't take it uh, literally, but it, it does give me a vision of what the world could look like. You know, uh, for instance, Martin Luther King was also so proficient in that. Yes. I mean, I'm sure he literally had a dream, but he didn't even need to have that dream exactly. It was just almost painting a picture with words. And, and showing people what the world could be yes. if we were more tolerant, more concerned with, with others' well-being, the way we are concerned with our own well-being, if we um, you know, would open our minds to, to the possibility of a, of a better world. It's a lot to do with courage. You know? uh, I think 
the world the way it is right now with all of its ugliness has a lot to do with with fear the fear of not almost having the audacity to to believe that the world could look very differently yes and uh yeah that 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 hope that audacity is so crucial it, it will turn out to be crucial in creating the better worlds that we in our most inspired moments we uh can see in front of our eyes I really love that idea of Martin Luther King Jr. as being an artist, essentially. I mean, of course he was. Of course he was. Mm-hmm. He was expressing yeah. his deepest um, self, his deepest understanding of mm-hmm. the world. And it's these examples. In fact, what I what I really love about his story, too, is that he was in turn inspired by Gandhi. Mm-hmm. We go back to India again. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Gandhi, of course, had many. Um, yeah, we had so many inspirations for the vision that he helped to bring forward. I just think that in the end, you could find Van Gogh and all these other uh, amazing artists and painters, they're doing the same thing in a different way than Martin Luther King Jr. did. Mm -hmm. Um, They're basically uh, creating, they're bringing down, I would say they're downloading in a sense, a vision that is a a divine vision for what's Mm -hmm. possible, what's potential through humanity on this planet and each in their own way have inspired more uh, maybe generations actually of people to see it to be able to see that to be able to take that image and make it even more real in their own way exactly i'm reminded of a quote from martin luther king i believe it says the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Yeah, I love that one. But yeah, mm-hmm. that totally corresponds to what you're saying. That they're almost downloading a blueprint of, right. of what could be. Right. Um, whether whether the outcome is guaranteed or not, I mean, you could debate that, but there must be some kind of blueprint where all of the the beautiful ideas for the future are already stored. Right. And, uh, you know, some are just better than others in, in tapping into that. Right. And, and bringing that down to the, to the physical plane. You could, that's, you could that's, say. An, that's an artist, right? Isn't that kind of the definition yeah, you say, yeah. of, of, of art and of an artist? Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's also a way of living because I would have no problem with, uh, with someone calling Martin, uh, Martin Luther King an artist because he painted a beautiful picture. That's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. And he, he worked every day towards making that, a reality. that beautiful picture a reality. Now, you yourself, I'm sure, have seen that the effects of your own working in art as an artist. How has it changed your life to be engaged in this way? What, what do you think has, what has the impact been? It's taught me to always look at the world with, uh, with fresh eyes. It's not quite uh, the same as uh, as Krishnamurti put it, but comes close to what uh, what Picasso said that when he was very young he could uh, draw like Raphael, but he spent his whole life learning how to draw like a child. Uh, so many people, for them, it would be a dream to spend your whole life learning to draw like the great Renaissance painter Raphael. Why wouldn't it be equally? Uh, big of an achievement if you, by the end of your life, are completely you know, original, uh, like a child. If you look at his work, right, it's incredible how it changed <laughs> his early yeah. works to his later works. They are absolutely like two different people, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah, is. That's amazing. Uh, and so I think for me, at least, that's what being an artist, looking at the world like an artist, 
living like an artist, uh, what it teaches me is to never become stagnant in your view. Always try to see the world in a different way, in a different light. Try to bring out the beauty that's already inherent and try to share that with people to give them hope, inspiration, and perhaps even healing. And that sounds perhaps even absurd for, for an artist, but I have high hopes for what art can do in in the future. I've once read, I'm not exactly sure where, but that at one point, you know, people perhaps will be healed by means of light and light and color is, is the terrain of, uh, of artists. So why uh, would it be inconceivable that, that artists can be the healers of the future or can actually contribute to healing? Well, I mean, look at our society today. I mean, what mm-hmm. we're really desperately missing is a vision. Yes. And that's what artists and art provide, right? So yes. essentially, it makes perfect sense to me that that art is obviously healing because it's helping to open the eyes of everyone to what's possible. And we desperately, all of us, need hope, we need faith, and we need we a, a, a sense of the future, a sense of some positive vision for the future mm-hmm. when we're living through these very difficult times, right? Yeah, we do. We do. And um, it's also taught me that Nothing is impossible because I never picked up a brush before I was uh, 29, 30. Uh, never even, even had a clue that I could become an artist. And, and before a certain age, never had you know, the ambition or the desire to become an artist. Wow. Uh, and when I actually had that desire, I didn't have the means. I still to this day have never taken a class, an art class or, or anything like that. But once you're struck by by beauty you know anything can happen that's that's the beauty of art as well you don't necessarily need to be a a raphael you could be you know something completely different like a a rothko or, or you could be a Niels boss yeah you could be that yeah it's not easy though <laughs> no i mean this is the thing i think about some of these i think it was kurt vonnegut who's who's also got a famous quote that talks about the fact that art is not for just artists or for people who had defined themselves by this not professional it's a human experience it's something that it we is. all have the capacity to do it is my daughter went to a waldorf school and mm-hmm. waldorf is all about educating the heart the head and the hands and so, essentially, um, art is a huge part of a Waldorf education. Mm-hmm. And the things that she still can do to this day, because she was given the possibility of, of playing with the, these things, with these forms of art. I mean, she sculpted and she she made stone figures and she, she knitted and she... Uh, did lots and lots of drawing and um, and also theater arts. It's all part of the, the education, which I think is unbelievably advanced for the time mm-hmm. we're living in right now, because uh, everywhere you look, um, these kinds of programs are being cut. I think that's really tragic. But it was reminded also, you were in India for a while. And in India, it's a, diff- it's a different thing. It, there's art everywhere in India. You can't escape it, right? True. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, beautiful colors everywhere around you. Yeah, and people are people are outside on their front step drawing beautiful forms uh, in every morning in the. Yes, I believe they're the, called columns. Columns, yeah, 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 and they're uh, amazing. They, they're amazing. Um, yeah. It's like just normal people going out with a piece of chalk or some some powder and just putting these things out on the ground, and you think, God, wow, that's serious art. <laughs> they come out and they don't yeah, think anything of it. Yeah, but when I remember actually seeing those women outside making their beautiful 
you know, arrangements in amazing colors, very vivid colors, and saying, "Wow, that's beautiful." The flower arrangements and, everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and they weren't aware that that this was art. It, right. it was just something that they did, but they don't know it. But they were a big inspiration because yeah. they didn't even perceive what they were doing as as art uh, because that's just a label. It's just. Um, a way of living, a way of looking at the world, right. a way of bringing out the beauty that's already inherent in humankind, in nature, and bringing that forward and sharing it. Yeah, I was astounded. Others. I was astounded by it when I was in India, in some of the most desperate looking places, you know, mm -hmm. places where people don't have running water in their homes. Mm -hmm. And their focus on beauty and, and, you know, sharing that beauty everywhere is really memorable, and very inspiring. Yeah. That's that's a good reminder that um, you needn't expect the whole world to to look at you and and admire you. Perhaps that will be uh, your downfall if that happens. But what will most likely happen is that you will reach one or maybe two that draw strength and inspiration from something that you did and recognize perhaps the, the positivity and light that you try to try to share with others. So. Um, yeah, I've, I've had these instances where um, just maybe a single instance here and there influenced me maybe five, ten years later because it was so powerful. It was like, a, like an explosion. So the, the, the moment when I first read uh, one of my trails messages was, was one of these moments. And um, I think the first time as an adult, I went into a museum, for instance, the Louvre, and I witnessed a, a painting by... Giotto, I think, Giotto, and just being yeah, struck by almost everything combined, the history behind it, the colors, what was being depicted, and almost, you know, feeling the energy yes, um, yes. That, that came through the canvas. And another one of these examples is meeting an artist at a fair. I was doing volunteer work there, and um, me and a bunch of my friends had a, had a stand, and people used to come by in droves there were many people there and some people stopped had a look at what we had to offer or just came for a chat and then i noticed these two people uh, walking towards the stand and they were just minding their own business they were looking at a card i believe it was and on it was uh, a picture i don't know if there were riots in egypt but there were, you know, mass gatherings oh, of people. Right, right, right. Around the, a, the yeah. time of the Arab Spring, you're talking it, it about. It was, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't want to say there were riots at that point in time, but there was a lot of upheaval and there was a huge gathering of people. Right. And uh, yeah, there, there's this recording on the internet where during one of those occasions of, of many people gathering in Egypt during the time of the Arab Spring, uh, you could almost see like a figure on a horse. Oh, right. Uh, I've seen riding. this. Yeah, a ghost, right. like a ghost, a ghost horse, Almost like a ghost figure. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really and, were, and it's yeah. fascinating because it's. I mean, it looks like a projection of something, but it's yeah. actually. So it's like I. I don't know if the news anchor that was sharing that video noticed it or if it was in for that reason, but it was a very sure. odd occurrence. It was a very strange occurrence. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was, and and many people saw like a like a sign. Yes. Uh, yes. In in that uh, image are mentioned so many people on YouTube, commenting on that video, you know, refer to that, you know, we must be close to the apocalypse and, and some say that jokingly and others are probably quite, quite serious. But in any way, they had this uh, the card with that image. They had it in their hand and they were looking at it 
you know, I just struck up a conversation with them. And I remember it was a man and a woman and the man was saying, you know, all kind of stuff that I wasn't really expecting from the conversation. He was saying, yeah, we're in a spiral and we're only halfway through. We're in a golden spiral. You know, one of those spirals that goes upwards. Oh, not downwards. <laughs> not <a> downwards. No. <laughs> at least, I mean, maybe I'm being too positive, but at least that's, you know, he painted a picture and that's what I saw in my mind. So like a golden spiral that, that goes upwards and we're only halfway through. Okay. And the thing is about being halfway through, usually, you know, that's the position where you don't really know where you are. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, am I, yeah, am I, am I going up? Am I going down? Where am I going? You're talking but, about humanity as a whole, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was referring to, you know, it's there's a lot of upheaval and it makes sense because we're only halfway through that golden spiral. But, you know, we're going up. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah, for some reason, there was, again, a picture that someone painted with just a few words that always stuck with me. I can still now see it very, very vividly before my, my mind's eye. It exudes a sense of tranquility. Basically saying everything is okay. This interaction, you mean, that you had with this person? Yeah, and also that image of, of yeah, yeah, you know, the spiral. We're, we're going in the right direction. Yeah, things can look very messy right now, and from that halfway point, you can see still see all the mess on the ground, all of the mess that we ourselves left. But we're we're traveling upwards. We're going we're going somewhere good. Don't, oh, I, don't I like I like that image. That feels good. <laughs> like that. Thank you for sharing that. I think we all, especially <laughs> yeah, right now, we really need that message. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we do. We do. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I still remember that very very clearly. And we we talked for a few more minutes. And in that small chat, there was there was a lot of information shared yeah. that very informative for my life. Oh, okay. So this person. This person was clearly somebody who had some insight. This was somebody it, it special. Seems like it. Yeah, it, it seems, seems like, like somebody it. somebody yeah. special there who could that who could like read it. read a bit about your your situation and give you some good uh, advice. And you said he was an artist? Yeah, that's uh that's what I learned later in the conversation in the conversation. So that person uh said to me, "Yeah, I'm an artist." So uh, I said, "Wow, okay. Where where would I be able to to see your work?" And then he said, no, it's, it's not the type of art that I do. I just make art and then give it to someone. Nice. And that's all, I, all that I do. I don't make any plans for it. It just happens and then it will find the right person. Yeah, this, I hadn't heard of any artists going about their business that way. I heard about artists, you know, struggling, uh, barely surviving and then finding the right art dealer at the right point in time. And then, uh, you know, their career took off. But this person was just so confident about every piece of the puzzle falling into place that you could sense that uh, they were not worried at all. They were just, you know, living a creative life and not worrying about labels that others put on them. They were just living their life as a, I would almost say, as a, as a child. Because even the, even the thing with the, with the spiral, that's something a, a child could say, you know, I can't wait for my daughter to, Teach me those kind of lessons and say those <laughs> things to me. But yeah. that, that's something uh, like a like a very simple, simple, yeah, but simple powerful, powerful mm-hmm. image uh, would be something that 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 a child, you know, just returning from school could tell you, right. tell you about. So th- those were big lessons, and I remember saying about the the whole spiral thing, like, yeah, it's a shame that we're only halfway through. I, I wish I wish we were, you know, all the way on top, you know, safe, sound, you know. 
uh, looking looking on on that beautiful golden spiral and just admiring the beauty and, and being totally at peace. And then then he said, you know, there's no time. There's no you, me. That's just a figment of our imagination. It's, I love that. Yes. It's basically. So hard to remember that, isn't it? That there is no time. Actually, it yeah. it's yeah. a man-made idea. It's a man-made construct. But actually, time is not what we think it is. No, no. It's just a, it's a construct, right? And uh, returning to Krishnamurti, uh, what he said about time is that, sure, if you have a dentist appointment, uh, time matters. Uh, matters. <laughs> yeah, you need to be in ta- on time because otherwise uh, uh, you'll get in, in, in trouble with your dentist and you don't want to get in trouble with your dentist. You know? <laughs> they might drill extra hard. That's not what he said. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So it matters on the practical level. But what we do is uh, we are right now living, breathing in this very moment. But our mind is thinking about, you know, what the person on the bus said to us yesterday and uh, that that could happen again tomorrow. So that's a whole different type of time that is not inherent. That's not part of nature, but that we create collectively time and time uh, again. (laughs) And we we keep doing it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we keep doing it and we can spend our whole lives basically creating the psychological time and trap ourselves in that. Yes, exactly. That's what happened with, with art because I had uh, was inspired by a certain type of words and felt that they deserved a very beautiful image. But I had no knowledge on how to bring about such beauty. But then I found by just keeping at it, I surprised myself and at the right time I found the right picture for inspiration. I don't want to go so far that sometimes I felt like my hand was guided, but usually right at the point when I was ready to give up, something happened which caused me to find an opening and continue with the composition and continue with making it as beautiful or as uh, happy or as inspiring as possible. Mm -hmm. Even to the degree that it's sometimes a composition surprises me because I don't know uh, where I got that from. Uh, and it's, that's the beauty of inspiration that you don't need to know where it comes from, uh, but you do need to know that sometimes it, it, it takes remaining positive and, and not giving up. Would you call art, the art that you're engaged with a form of meditation to some extent? You're tapping yes, something, sure. you're tapping yeah. something in yourself. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It is a form of meditation. You um, have to focus and you almost zoom in on colors you almost, yeah, you, you force yourself to keep an open mind because a lot of the times you don't know where, where things are headed. So you, you are almost forced to empty your mind of, of fear, of preconceived notions, mm-hmm. and basically wait for inspiration to strike. But that requires a deep level of emptiness and patience as well, because sometimes it doesn't strike instantly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole process of meditation. So there's the, the, the the part where you empty your mind of of, of uh, preconceived notions, and then then the part, for instance, when you've made the composition, uh, you know what what type of colors you want to use, and then it's more almost like an active meditation. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you know repeating a mantra. Like every every stroke could be could be a mantra, and by the end of it, you you have uh, you have a work of art. That's so nice. Another thing that Benjamin Cram talks about is the, the the qualities of the soul, the quality of timelessness, 
the quality of uh, synthesis and the connection to everything. The soul only knows the connection to everything. And in a sense, it has its own language. You could say potentially that art is the language of the soul in a way. Would you say that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I couldn't describe it any better. It's been my experience, at least, that if there is a soul, I am most in tune with it when working on art, when being in the presence of something beautiful, when listening to thing melodious. You know, it's just, it's, it feels like maybe it's as simple as, as art, music, poetry, and other artistic endeavors have the ability to push that button that opens the door where the light of the soul can, you know, shine in. Yeah. It's all about vibration, right? I mean, essentially, yeah, 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 art is a vibratory, sort of a solidified vibration in a way, right? I mean, regardless of whatever the medium is. And and we tune into that vibration without being conscious of that. That's what we're doing. And it It actually, it has this sort of... uh, experience that we have of that vibration especially if it's coming from a high place makes sense mm-hmm. you know it opens the door for us to experience a divine expression for sure and it's, uh, that must be the reason why art it's been used throughout different cultures religions uh, as a means of, of conveying deep spiritual messages take the take the buddhists and their and their very specific art tradition or the beautiful, uh, very powerful temples in India uh, dedicated to Shiva or Krishna. Look at the whole Vatican, which is filled with uh, very powerful depictions of the life of Christ and his disciples. Yeah, and think of, of course, many of the artists that have created those frescoes, Michelangelo yeah. and others, are very evolved individuals. Yeah, yeah. So their yeah. their capacity yeah. to express divine ideas um is very yes. very high level Almost unparalleled uh, yeah yeah when you stand in front of a work for instance by michelangelo Raphael, or rembrandt vermeer it's you just feel something you yeah. just feel something it's, right. it's more than it's hard to explain to to people who haven't had that, that experience but you just feel an energy you know vibrating yeah. from That's... from something as simple as a as a piece of cloth with uh with certain pigments arranged in a particular manner right on that piece of cloth right i mean it doesn't you know you would almost be forgiven for thinking you know it doesn't mean anything because it's just that but that shows you that that certain words certain images can change something in your in your brain in your mind and open yeah open a door to to a new experience to a new energy perhaps to a higher vibration because yes yeah. every, everything is is vibration uh, the world is not so solid as we once thought it was so uh, why would that be a crazy idea that um, artists gaining inspiration from a, a place of high f- vibration and yep. putting that into their work and that vibration remains in that work for basically ever as long as that work exists right it makes total sense to me it makes total sense to me it's and it's very it's not unscientific to to believe that and to feel that and to experience that yeah absolutely so is there any place somebody can go to to see your work i am in the in the process of of setting up a new uh new channel okay it will be called uh the omnipresent museum nice Uh, the ohm for short Uh, nice (laughs) and it's supposed to be a uh museum without a roof 
and a, a temple for digital and contemporary art. That's uh, that's basically uh, how I envision it. It will be a YouTube channel, okay. and it is already a channel or page on on Instagram. Okay, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of, of building it up and and creating the the work for it. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that's that's in the works right now. I look forward to seeing that. Is there anything else you can think of that you'd like to share? Well, about that experience that I uh, that I told you about uh, with the artist, I sent in the experience to to uh, share International Magazine, and then um, I was told that the uh, artist that I spoke to and his companion, who really didn't say anything but was uh, was there, just sending good vibes, that. Uh, According to Benjamin Krem, they were the master Jesus and uh, and a disciple of his, which is of course a very stimulating, stimulating thought to yes. think that uh, that that was the the one you were speaking to. Yeah. So that was uh, an interesting bit of information that I received. The experience itself obviously had a big mm-hmm. impact on you. Well, it could be that together with some other experiences, it was a direct lead up towards me picking up taking up the arts. But I don't think that's even important. What's more striking that I had that experience somewhere in 2012, so quite a long time ago. And not that long ago, I looked up and found a letter conveying that experience. And then I found that those very poignant uh, things that were said by that person are so indicative of the way I live my life now. Like the, the, the fact that that person was an artist but not for the sake of money or recognition, but just for the sake of beauty itself. And just for the sake of it's something that comes out of you and you share it. The fact that they refer to time and the self in a way that I find almost daily in talks by Krishnamurti that I use to quiet the mind and and meditate. So yeah, it just seems like there was a, a blueprint in there. For me. This is very personal. It felt like it. It felt like it. Definitely. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I can't quite make out if on a subconscious level, I then started living my life according to those almost cryptic guidelines that were in those messages. But especially looking back, it's it's almost funny to see how uh, it's almost a summary of what, what I focus on nowadays. That's so nice. I think so as well, yeah. This has been so interesting. I really enjoyed talking with you, Niels. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks so much uh, for having me. You've been listening to Mystic Takeaway. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. 